0: Welcome to episode 71. Of what did you watch this week? My name is Mike. 71. My name is John. What's that like five bakers' dozens? Five times three is 15. So, no, okay, no, I'm just gonna. I don't, Listen. I, I could finish the equation, but seeing how it uh, should be a five at the end, I'm gonna go no. It, it always throws me off. 65 was 65 13, uh, five bakers' dozens, sure. Let's call it that. I think it was. I think it was. Jeez, I think our next Baker's Dozen is going to be episode 78 when we do six Baker's Dozens. Oh, holy shit. I know. So just seven more weeks. Wow. Whatever will we be talking about then? Definitely not Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Well, apparently, just this season of the Game of Thrones will be over. I was under the impression that this is the last season. I was under that impression as well,
1: and really was thinking they've got a lot of explaining to do. Yeah,
0: because we were, we watched episode four tonight with yep. my wife, and afterwards we we're like, only three episodes left. And then when John was verifying that, he goes, "Oh, it says here there's going to be a sixth season episode. Uh, so check that. Six episode season eight next year. Yep." Sometime in 2018, six episodes. So I thought they were done. I feel I'm, almost I'm, lied
1: to. I, I do too, but I'm yeah. I'm kind of glad that we're going to get six more episodes. Because let's face it, now last week I hadn't watched the third episode, and you you were very distraught over that. Well, it was I wanted to talk about it. He, he was crying a little bit at the end. I
0: episode. like there were fear. <laughs> is not crying.
1: Uh, yeah, it's singular.
0: But uh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So now we've seen episode three and four. Yeah, uh, well, and one and two. But you know, we've seen and this, all the ones yes. before them. But yeah, um, the, this show, episode three, episode four, quite impressive.
0: Um, yeah,
1: three was a lot of like you said it was a lot of plot building and and like, um, excuse me the the moving forward of the various machinations, if
0: you will. There was a lot of chess plays going on
1: in this yes. in this episode. Yes, in, in number three, yep. it was, you know, the, the poisoning of the daughter, and, you know, because hero and Greyjoy showed up with the prizes in tow. And, and
0: to I pay. can never remember her name, but it's the Spanish chick and her only daughter that's still alive. I always just call them the people from Dorn. Yeah, the Dornians, I yep. guess. Not, not to
1: be confused with Michael Dorn. Right. But, you know, the people from Dorn and... How, you know, Cersei taunted her quite a bit about the fact that, you know, the mountain is still here in his zombie form. And, you know, he crushed your lover's head like a grape if only your lover hadn't taunted him. Right. Yeah, she was a precious loser.
0: It looks like her name is Alaria. That's the mom. Her daughter is uh, Tyene. Oh. Tyene. Yeah, I will not remember those by next week. Yeah, I'm reading it off the interweb. Yeah. But anyway, so Cersei kissed her and then basically said, ah, I've just poisoned your daughter the same way you poisoned mine. Uh, shouldn't take a long time for her to die because we – I guess they've made it less lethal or yeah, whatever. Yeah, the,
1: the apothecary tweaked yeah. it a bit.
0: But uh, essentially what's going to happen is you're going to sit here and you're going to watch her die and then you're going to watch her rot. We're going to force feed you to make sure you stay alive and healthy while you watch your daughter rot away to bones.
1: And, and in talking about this, like I told Mike, um, you know, Cersei, you you can't have her as a sympathetic character. Oh, there's absolutely nothing. Even even when she was marched down the street naked and, and had fruits and vegetables thrown at her. You and, were like, she had it coming. Yeah. Plus, she wasted all the fruits and vegetables. She didn't, like, make a salad out of or anything. Right, right, right. But, you know, you, you can't feel sorry for this woman Ever.
0: And then after she gets done, you know, basically gleefully ruining people's lives, she then goes off and aggressively sexually attacks her twin brother. Yeah, yeah. Like this
1: is the second time that she is essentially pu- pushed herself on him. I-, I won't say rape because you know she didn't force him. You know, right. at first he was like no,
0: and then she was like yes, and he's like okay. Unlike when he raped her uh, next to her son's yes. son's her dead son's body. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that, that was... Whew. We were talking earlier how Jamie is actually a likable character, but there's so much he doesn't do. There's so much he yeah. does that's really not likable, but yet he's still somehow a likable character. Yeah, he, it's like, oh, I really like him, I really like him. Uh,
1: remember, he pushed a small boy out of a window of a tower and crippled him. Yeah. And, and then tried to have him killed.
0: Right. Yeah, and, and and don't forget he
1: he raped his sister because, next to their dead son's body because he was horny. Not right. not not to prove a point or anything, but right, he was right. just like I need the sex now. Uh, yeah, and he's done a lot of bad
0: things, but but he's the likable one of the two. Yes, that we can agree upon. <laughs> we can definitely agree on. That. <laughs> Holy crap! Yeah. Oh, uh, so. Uh, also, this episode near the end it featured lots of battles going on. Episode 3, that is, as far as like... Uh, you had the uh, Grey Worm and the Unsullied going to take Castle Rock. And what I liked was how they showed us the differing versions as... Yeah. yeah.
1: I really liked that.
0: As, it was confusing at first. I was like, wait, what's going on? Because it's Tyrion narrating how it's going to happen. And yeah, what would happen, he explained how Castle Rock would be defended, what the forces would do. And then when it actually happens, you're like, well, that's not matching up. <laughs> this was rather
1: anticlimactic.
0: Yeah, yeah. And instead we learn that Essentially, they just the, the, the Lannisters are just given up Castle Rock, yeah. and instead they went and, and to take Highgarden to yeah. the Tyrells and steal all their money, but so they could pay back their debt because the Lannister always pays their debt exactly. And one of the things, and they talked about this in the after the show portion of this, but they didn't show us this battle, they didn't show us this fight because it wasn't worth showing. Because even when he walks in, she you know Alina says, "So is is it over?" And Jamie goes yes, and then she says, "Did we fight well? The best you could, yeah. You know, they, because they were always the pretty. Guys. Yes, they were not known for being warriors no. or fighting at all. Um, so I like the fact they didn't show us that that fight scene because it would have been useless, would have been futile, and it would have probably been like sixty pages long in one of right. Martin's books. However, George R. R Martin. Instead, we get treated with um, a lot of." Uh, being given poison by Jamie to say, don't worry, I've assured you a quick and painless death, not like what my sister wanted to do to you. And she doesn't hesitate and sucks that poison right down. And then, oh, by the way, I I poisoned your son. And she didn't say Joffrey, she said your son. Yep. And I want you to make sure you tell Cersei that, that I'm the one that did it. And I fully expected him to, to pull his Valerian steel and, 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 and run her through. Yep. But no, he was just like, Mm, and turned around and stomped out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, she just
1: sat there, like, yeah, I win.
0: But her character, but there's a lot of people dying. Yes. A lot of people dying. And like I said in this episode as well, we got to see uh, Yara. Yes. But that's all we got to see her briefly. For like two seconds. And we didn't even see her in episode four at all, except in the quick flashback from the right. previously on. But otherwise, we didn't see her at all. Yep. Uh, in this episode.
1: So we don't know what's going on with her.
0: She's a character I like. Again,
1: if this was following true to the books, her uncle would be raping her nightly. Um, But since HBO has taken over, she's probably just a prisoner, and she's going to show up later on with
0: some ships. That'd be my guess. Um, Also, Samwell's treatment of Jorah for his uh, rock disease or whatever, it worked. Yeah. And my favorite is when the other maester is looking at him and examining him, and... He's like, hmm, somehow all these layers of skin are gone and it's all healing and this and that. And he goes, I don't know any of that. I just know that I woke up feeling better. <laughs> and so he's he's cured. So Jorah's gone. He's like, you know, he's, he's yeah, the maester kicks him out. He's like, this place is only for sick people. Get out. You're not sick anymore, so you may leave. And so he's obviously gonna go find try to find an I yep. would assume. Yep. I hope oh, so. Sorry, his Khaleesi. Yes. And then I like how Sam well basically the guy says to Samuel well, um, I know you did this. And he confesses, all right, yeah, I did. Okay, well, you know, I mean, very, very good job. No one else would have dared to do it, blah, 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 blah. There, Here, there are masters out there who never could have done this. They exactly. would have had I mean, just, and you think, oh, good, Sam wasn't going places. Nope, we need you to transcribe all these books that are falling apart. Oh, and be careful, like the pages of Poisonous or something. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and basically tells him, you know, you still did something you were told not to do. So you still broke the rules, you still work here, and you're still a whipping boy.
0: Oh, and Euron showed up and destroyed the ships of all the Unsullied at Castley uh, Rock, so now they're forced to, like, march across the country. They can't take their boats back. Yeah. So, and there's no food for them. So you got to
1: kind of wonder, yeah, because they took all the food when they yeah. over to Highgarden. you got to kind of wonder, like, all of... Tyrion's plans, and, and in the next episode, um, Daenerys actually like kind of in episode out, four, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but all of Tyrion's plans weren't just like beaten; they were completely subverted. Like sending the Greyjoys out to attack King's Landing, and all of a sudden, Huron is there with a bigger force of ships and better trained sailors. Uh, you know, Casterly Rock has been abandoned before they ever even get there to sneak in through the sewers. And all the food is gone, and while they're there, their ships are destroyed. It's like all the things that Tyrion was like, this is how we do it, this is how we do it, this is how we do it. Um, They're one step ahead of them, two steps ahead of them?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Definitely well ahead of them.
0: Yeah,
1: It's definitely a little suspicious. And it makes you wonder, is somebody in Daenerys' camp leaking
0: info? See, I thought of that as well, and I know it's not Tyrion, but I don't know if they're going to try to set it up like he is. But then I decided there's not enough episodes left for them to go through this drama. Mm-hmm. So they probably won't approach it that way. But now that I know there's another season. And <laughs> um, oh, that's air-quote season. Right. But I think, to me, I think that just goes to show how good of a soldier, general, commander that that Jamie Lannister is. Because basically he's like, okay, they're going to attack us at castle Rock. And but we need the money from Highgarden, mm-hmm. so we can afford this war. So we're going to go take Highgarden because that's where they—they're they're not going to expect us to go there, right? Um, and so that's essentially—I think that's just Jamie being a good general, good leader, you know.
1: And but, but how did he know? How did you know? Huron said, "I'm going to bring you a gift that nobody else could do." How did he know that the Dornish women were
0: going to be on his niece and nephew's ship? then wow, attack that the, is a very valid point. Yeah, no. he had that Okay, I didn't consider so that. Something doesn't add up. Maybe it's the eunuch.
1: It could be. Maybe v- it's the eunuch. has pledged loyalty to many different
0: people over the years, so... But maybe it's the eunuch. So now we have episode four. Yeah, and to me, the main part of episode four... One, Well, okay, not the main part, but one of the stories I enjoyed the most was Arya returning to Winterfell. hmm Yeah. And I liked her reunion with Sansa and her reunion with Bran even, where we learn Bran basically. He's like, I'm not Brandon anymore. Yeah. I remember when I was Brandon Stark. But I'm not anymore, you know, and he's kind of real cold to, uh, was it Mira? Is that the yep. girl that That's saved her. her? Yeah. And he's really cold to her, and I, I liked her as a character, so I kind of hate to see the fact that the last time we see her is this way. Yeah. But maybe we'll see her again. Who knows? Um, But I like that, you know, Arya goes to the guards, and they try to tell her to piss off, and she's like, no. And then eventually they bring her in based on her saying, like, well, if I am her sister and you send me away, then it's going to be on you. Yep. And then they just, she walks away from them.
1: Yeah. They're, they're like, fighting over which one of them is going to watch her and which one of them is going to go tell Sansa.
0: And then when Sansa does find her, you, she feels like, oh, this is my little sister and they're back together and this and that. And, and she's still looking at Arya the same way she did previously all those years ago. She doesn't know what she's been through. Yeah. And Arya's looking at her sister the same way. She doesn't know what she's been through.
1: But I think with Arya, though, like she's looking at Sansa because when remember when she left, yeah, Sansa was a spoiled little brat. Who just wanted to be married to the king so that she could be a queen. She wanted to be a lady. She wanted to be
0: Lady Stark. And And, she is Lady Stark. So, yeah.
1: We all kind of hated her in the first few seasons. We really didn't like her at all. No, she was an impetuous little bitch. Yeah. And so I think Arya is looking at her and saying, well, you know, she says that she's like, "Mm, Lady Stark, it suits you. You know, you kind of always wanted that. And I think
0: they still look at each other with that kind of uh, how they used to. Mm -hmm. Even though it's been years and things have changed. But then later we see Arya with uh, Brienne. Yeah. And wants to do some sparring. And then you see that Sansa's watching from, you know, balcony or whatever it is. And, you know, you see just how good of a fighter she is and what she can do. And they kind of hinted at the list, like to Arya, like, oh, you know, um, excuse me, but, you know, like Cersei's on my list.
1: Yeah, she or came, Joffrey was on my list it, it wasn't a hint she came right out and told Sansa
0: right and, but I don't think Sansa believed her at first right, right. and then later on Bran, when Bran gave her the, the blade or whatever he said oh you know she's on your list yeah I'm surprised I saw you at the crossroads I thought you were going to go to King's Land and why would you go there because Cersei's on her list and then I, that's I think the first notion from Sansa is like oh wait a second
1: oh.
0: and then when she sees her fight and maybe even best you know uh, Brienne and the, and the sparring yep Then she realizes, wow, what, you know, like to me, it's like she's thinking, what has she been through? Yeah. That brought her to this. Mm -hmm. That she's fighting like this. Yep. And that she has a list of people she wants to kill and is most likely out killing them.
1: Yes. And if I'm not mistaken, Littlefinger is on her list. I'm
0: pretty sure Littlefinger is on her list. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then she found out that he's there and she looked up while she was sparring with Brienne and Sansa had already walked off, but Littlefinger's there. Yeah. And she's like, hmm. There was just that look in her eyes like, oh, you're next. Which I I would be happy to see. I mean, your wife doesn't seem to like Littlefinger even a little bit.
0: Not at all? No. No, not at all. There's not a lot to like about him. No, my wife is not a fan of Littlefinger in any way, shape, or form. But think about it. All the way back to the first season, he's the one that put the blade to Ned Stark's throat. Yep. And got him captured. Everything that he
1: has ever done that has been even remotely to help somebody else was always to help him more.
0: Yes. Always to help him more.
1: You know? So, So, yeah. Uh, We also had uh, more of Jon and Daenerys. They were exploring the Dragonglass
0: Caves. yes. And they found the paintings on the wall from what, the Children of Earth? Uh, Children of the Forest. Children of the Forest. Which was which was thousands of years ago before they
1: were Starks and Targaryens and Lannisters, back when they were just all people living together and trying to survive against, as they saw in the last pictogram, uh, White Walkers.
0: Yes. It essentially proved to Daenerys that little what, uh, John, what Jon Snow was saying <laughs> was true. Where you had the children of the forest, and you had the first men working together against the common enemy, which was the White Walkers. Yep. And um, And so she
1: finally was like, okay, I get it.
0: I will fight for you. I will help you out. Just bend the knee. You got to bend the knee. And then you don't see what John says or does whatever, because they cut to them walking out of the cave, and then that's when they deliver the messages of... Oh, we took Castle Rock, but the Tyrells <laughs> are all gone, and Alina's dead, and they sunk our ships, and now they're stranded, and...
1: And they have no food. Have, right. Yeah.
0: um, And so, basically, Daenerys is just like, that's it, I'm taking my dragons, I'm going to go kill some people. Yeah, she wants
1: to go and burn the Red Keep, she wants yeah. to kill Cersei, and melt everything. And
0: she asked Don Snow what he thinks.
1: Yeah, because she basically called Tyrion out, and she was like, they're your family, Everything has been thwarted so far the fuck man and and know?
0: John Snow basically says look uh, maybe they'll follow you maybe they'll listen to you uh, because of the shit they've put up with all these years you know maybe you've got to be better but if you come in there burning castles down melting castles and burning people alive they're they're just gonna be they're just gonna think it's just gonna be more of the same which is a very valid point it really is no but she didn't listen. No, instead she jumps on the back of Dragon, uh, Dragon, and they just, they head out. And we see, whew, do we see a battle?
1: There was quite a battle. Now, this was, Ooh, all of the money carts were were safely taken into King's Landing. And yes. they were secured. Now they just had the rest of the carts that had, like, the food and the supplies and some stragglers left behind. And the rest of the army was heading back to uh, King's Landing and you know, Jamie's out there with uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's the cell sword that Braun.
0: Braun. I'm who's um, one of my just favorite characters. So awesome because he's, he's
1: just just great. <laughs> yeah, and um, they uh, they're out there on the field and they're talking with one of the um, Frey's or no, it wasn't Frey. It was uh,
0: anyway. They're talking to one of the guys, basically and about then, his first battle and what it's yeah. like and the smells and. And he's just like, you know, a lot of those people, Highgarden, we were friends with them. We, you know, we hunted together and I knew them and everything. And it was rough killing them. Yep. And Jamie's like, well, but they they chose to to follow the other, not to follow Cersei. They chose to follow the other queen. And, you know, so this is what happens. You know, they they made their bed. Now they got a line, basically. But then they hear the noise. They hear something. And uh, after a good long build and it gives the Lannister army time to get lined up and get into formation, they see the Darth Arachis coming. Yeah. And even Bronn tells Jamie, like, you need to get out of here. You need to get back to the city, protect the queen. Because these guys are going to slaughter us. Basically, yeah. He's like, you're not an infantryman. These guys are going to kill us. They're going to fucking kill us. <laughs> <laughs> um, and before Jamie he basically Jamie says, no, Bronn counteracts. And then the next thing you know, oh, look, there's a dragon. Just one. Just one. That's all that mattered, really. Yes. And, this, and, and Khaleesi was riding his back. Yeah. And they burnt a hole in that front line that just shocked everyone, and then shit hit the fan. I mean, it was violent. There, it was
1: awesome. There were people on fire. There were people turned to ash.
0: Yes. Um, There's this one scene at the end where these arch- in the fight where these archers are all lined up and she just burns them all and then when the smoke clears they're still sitting there perfectly like they were they're just now ash and then a gust of wind comes to them they just crumple apart I mean yep. wow.
1: I, I still, they should have played Dust in the Wind over that scene. It just, it would have been so perfect. You know, all we are is Dust in the Wind. It probably would have taken some of the dramatic effect out. It would have pretty much killed it all. But So we had a good, like, 10, 15 minute long battle. It felt like a really long time. And there was that. lots of infantry fight. There was lots of cavalry fight, you know. People
0: getting their necks slit and heads chopped yep, and yep, horses getting wrecked. The Dothraki came in on horseback.
1: Uh, like you said, the the Lannister army was uh, phalanx formation, you know, shields in the front, spears over their shoulders. Yeah. And, uh, there was a lot of melee. There was a lot of killing, violent killing, brutal killing. And then, you know, the, the second burst from the dragon fire went right up the road and took out every one of the, uh, well, most of the caravan.
0: Guns. Yes, it took out all the supplies, everything. And it pretty much put fire on the front and back side of the army yep. as well.
1: Yep, so they were now dealing with that. And they would show us some dramatic effect scenes where, like, you know, some of the guys were on fire. Jamie's looking around, and they're on fire, and they're like, Peeling their armor off or trying to crawl towards the water. Yes.
0: They put themselves out. Yeah. I mean, it was very graphic. It was very well done. But then he sent
1: Braun after the scorpion because apparently they brought one of the scorpion launchers with them.
0: Yes. And my favorite is he was like, the scorpion's over there. Go get it. And Braun looks and it's where all the fighting is, all the death is, all the fire is, all the decimation. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I don't think so. You yep. go get it. And he's like, you can't shoot it with just one hand. And Braun's like, Ugh, and he takes off. Yep. I really like Braun as a character, by the way. I do as well. And in the after part of this episode, they talked about this, and they said this is really the first time where they've had one main character that we've seen for a long time mm-hmm. in Jamie, and one main character that we've seen for a long time and, and Khaleesi actually battling each other.
1: Yeah. And, and it's hard to say which one you wanted to win, which one you wanted to lose. Because again,
0: as despicable as Jamie is, he is somehow a likable character. Mm-hmm. And it's same far thing like, with braun. same thing with braun. I mean, on paper, braun is a complete douche-tard. but he's honest. yep. he doesn't rape his sister. yeah, murder kids. yeah. So he's a little bit better. yeah. but he's all about the coin. He's all about the coin. He'll do anything for money.
1: yeah. he's a drunk. he's a he's a, a womanizer. And
0: he's only in it for himself at the end yes. of the day, himself and the money. But he, but, and he has hooked himself with Jamie because that's 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 where he, that's where his money's coming from. Yep, exactly. You know, because Jamie's Lannister is going to pay their debts. You know, and and I do enjoy the relationship they have with each other because Bronn feels comfortable to say whatever he wants where others wouldn't to Jamie. So I, I do enjoy that type of part of it. But anyhow, yes. That being said, Bronn does make it to the the Scorpion. Yes. And like
1: the archers, there there were like a dozen, two dozen archers that all let loose arrows and they just plinked right off the dragon's scales like nothing, you know? (laughs) Um, but the scorpion, uh, Braun gets off two shots. The first one sails wide, and yeah. Khaleesi's like, no, I'm not having any of this. So she goes right down into attack formation. To try and
0: get rid of this thing, yeah.
1: Yep, and lines right up with it, and he fires the second one, and it catches the dragon right in the shoulder. Yep. And you're like, oh, my God, is the dragon going to die? No, it, it caught him in the shoulder. It hurt him. He's but, pissed. But, yeah, he's pissed more than anything. And he gets right up close, like like point blank pretty much, and just roasts the scorpion yeah. just to
0: gets out of the way, though. Yeah. And they actually make a point of showing us that he got out of the way, not, oh, did he make it out? Did right. he not? They actually showed us on the ground flames kind of going above him, but he clearly was out of harm's way. Yep. Yeah. So so, I, so yeah.
1: then we have, uh, you know, the dragon lands and he's injured and, and Daenerys is trying to pull the spear out of his arm that yeah. was fired from the scorpion. And uh, Jamie sees an opportunity and decides to take the opportunity and rides over to a. An impaled soldier pulls the spear out of him and just charges her with the spear.
0: And in the meantime, Tyrion's over like on the hill crest of the battlefield, overlooking everything with some of the Darth Rocky uh, generals or leaders or whatever, you know. And as he's watching his brother, he's like, "Flee, you fucking moron!" <laughs> yeah,
1: because he, he he still loves his brother. He does, you know. And Jamie was always the best to him out of all of his family. Yeah. So you know, you get the climactic scene where Jamie charges straight at her. And he's got he's close. Oh, she turns around and you see like, oh dear in the headlights. Yep. Yep. What's she gonna do? She's not doing it. And then suddenly dragon yes. face. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. there in his path. Breathes fire. Somebody, it could have been Brawn. it could have been the knight that they were talking to earlier. Dickard. Dickard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now oh, yeah. Wikipedia is saying that it was Brawn, and it says that he tackles him into the river, and both were weighed down by their armor and sink because you see Jamie sinking because obviously his armor and his 40 pound hand. Yeah. But Braun doesn't wear armor. No, he doesn't wear leather. leather. Yeah. So he wouldn't sink from it. So it could have nope. been Descartes. So either way, that's either how way, the episode yep. ends. That's exactly that's how
1: it ends. Somebody tackles Jamie into the river just as the fire incinerates his horse, and we see him sinking down, and the other person's sinking down like they're unconscious or
0: something, and. Fade to black. That's a great episode. It was. It was a really, 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 really good episode. Oh, also, uh, Theon landed ashore... (laughs)
1: It was so great. He pulls up on, on uh, the Dragon Island
0: there. Yeah, and, and Jon <laughs> Snow's like, yeah, the only reason why you're not dead is because you did eventually help Sansa. Well,
1: the, the reason that I'm laughing is because he pulls up and the two of them just sit there staring at each other for a little bit. Yeah. And then out of the blue, Theon just goes, John, I didn't know you'd be here. <laughs> Like, that's something that you say when when you get caught banging your friend's wife or something, you know, and they, they walk in on you, uh, I didn't know you'd be here. But he's just, like, Sorry, standing bro.
0: there, like, I, I I didn't realize you'd be here. And I, I don't remember what episode this was. I feel like it was episode two, maybe. Maybe it was three. I, I can't recall, but when, I think it was episode three, because it's when John and Daenerys meet for the first time in the chambers, and Daenerys' seconds, like, took... Five minutes to rattle off all her titles and who she is and this and that and everything, and then the other guy. Oh, this is Jon Snow. Yeah. Oh, uh, King of the North. Yeah, yeah. Like he had, like he had
1: nothing for it. He's, yeah. We don't have these pompous titles up there, you know.
0: Yeah. But then later on, he does sing his praises. But regardless, I don't. It was a good couple of episodes. Um, only three episodes left the season. That kind of sucks. It does.
1: Yep, but they're going to be good episodes, I can guarantee you that. I hope so. Yeah.
0: Next episode's apparently entitled Eastwatch.
1: Well, Um,
0: I'm excited. Good. Good, good. So that covers Game of Thrones. Yeah, you want to talk about Preacher? Uh, I myself did not watch Preacher. I didn't watch a ton this week. I had uh, family stuff for many days, but...
1: Um, Preacher was a weird episode. Uh, I'm not going to, like, I I won't give all the specific details. It was called Pig. And the reason that it was called Pig is because in the beginning, kind of like we've gotten before, we get this weird aside story in Vietnam where you've got these two people living in a hut somewhere on, like, a farm. And they're talking. And the woman just starts screaming. And then the man starts screaming. And... Pretty soon we get people like gathered around and such. It, it turns out that their pig is flying. It's hovering about, I'd say, four or five feet off the ground. Big old sow just sitting there and it's hovering in the air. Like people can put their hand on it and push it down and then it levitates right back up. And um, they, uh, they, they've now attracted people. People are coming around to see. The flying pig you know when pigs fly and okay so you remember a couple episodes back we saw at the end of the episode there was that guy all dressed in white and he had like the bad eye he had like the scar on the bad yes, eye yes. and he had like a bald head Yeah. so he goes out to investigate the pig and we get a lot of his backstory about how he came to work in this organization and it was really funny and brutal stuff um, basically like uh he, he, you know, there was like 30 people, and then as it whittled down, like, they do different things. Like, at one point, it was between him and one other guy, and they're at a target practice range, and the other guy, like, takes out his gun, and he's like, and, you know, puts perfect circles right in the head, and the guy with the bad eye, he, like, it's his turn, so he just looks down range, cocks the gun, goes, boom, blows the other guy's head off perfect you know now he gets the job and then when he gets the job he talks to the boss and the boss like yeah I think you're gonna do great things here and takes him out on the balcony and That's says, yeah and, and takes him out on the balcony and he's like look at all this world this is gonna be your." and he just pushes him right over the edge and he's like okay now I'm the boss so <laughs> um, so so this guy is is an interesting character you're gonna like meeting him on this episode and um I'm trying to remember okay the episode before did we deal with the fact that Dennis was dying
0: Yes. Okay. Well, I don't know if we talked about it, but we did, we did learn in an episode that he was dying. He was yeah. ill and that he was uh, Cassidy's son. Yes. Yeah. And,
1: and he has made one request of Cassidy because Cassidy finds a guy who was a French professor down at the bar. The guy's like, excuse me, if you don't mind, I, I know what he's saying. And he goes, yeah, well, how would you know? And he goes, I've been teaching French at the university for like seven years or something. He's like, oh, okay, well, would you translate? And basically Dennis is saying, I'm dying. But there's something you could do and, and it's implied, you know, dad's a vampire. You could make me a vampire. I wouldn't be dying. Wouldn't oh, yeah. Forever. Yeah. And Cassidy's like, uh-uh, no, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not cursing you to live like that. And so Dennis is very upset about that and even Tulip's kind of upset. Like, you could help your son. And so we deal with that as well. Um, it was a good episode. I'm, I'm looking forward to the next one. And I think you'll like this one, especially the bald guy's weird backstory. Cool. Yep. Well, I look forward to checking it out. Cool. Did you watch the episode two of Midnight Texas? I did not because, honestly, I had switched over DVR boxes and I completely
0: forgotten to reprogram it. Okay. How was it? I, I liked it. I know you weren't a big fan of episode one. Yeah. Episode two, they didn't have as much going on because they've already established the characters, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, uh, what it is is that, uh, hopefully I don't mess this up. So Bobo is the guy that got arrested at the end of the first episode. Yep. Okay. So while he's being interrogated, you have the sheriff who seems like he knows that there's shit going on, but doesn't want to admit it or talk about it. Right. He's not really part of it. Exactly. And then you have his deputy Mm -hmm. who she's just like, we got to kill these people, basically. They need to be stopped. Right. So basically they're trying to get Bobo to admit that he killed his wife. And he's like, no, I didn't. Yes. My gun shot her. Great. I didn't kill her. I didn't do it. And so the deputy, the female, her idea is, well, let's stick him into the the cell with these three gang members. And what it was is they're bikers, motorcycle gang members. Okay. He had found out that his wife – essentially this is what it was. His wife was married to the leader of the the motorcycle gang. And she left him for him. Okay. And ultimately that's who killed her. Oh, Okay, and we do learn yeah. that this episode. Um, because Manfred uses his clairvoyant power that he has mm-hmm. to basically discover this. This is what Speak happened. to the dead kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And when he had done that in the house, his house, he had be- because of where Midnight Texas is and there's a thin veil between good and evil and this and that, he had opened up some sort of door and unleashed all kinds of spirits in his house that were trying to possess him from hundreds of years. And... That was a bad plan. It was a bad plan. And, and the witch, this episode, she decides that she's going to help him. So her all through the whole episode, when we see her, what uh, what Fiji's doing is she's trying to basically do an exorcism on the house. Okay. So he's not in the house. So that's what she's doing. Also, we learned that the minister is a very rare were-tiger. Okay. So on the full moon, he turns into a tiger, not a werewolf. Nice. So he's locked himself in the basement of his church. And the girl... That we met in the first episode, but we didn't know what her powers were. She's a hitman. She's just a hitman and she's on the. She's hiding out there. Awesome. Yeah. I always thought that would be a great career. Yeah, she's just hiding out there. You get to travel all over the place. Her and the vampire have a relationship. Yep. Yeah. So, because she can't kill him. So. Right. Exactly, I guess. Well, she could. So, yeah. Bobo. Um, Stupid name, by the way. It's dumb. He's in jail. He should be in the, in jail just for that name. Yeah, he's in jail, and so this this deputy sheriff she sticks him in the cell with these three motorcycle gang members. Okay, and they had come there to beat him up at one point, and they've been a lot of times because they're trying to find her or just beat him up and kill him because of you know marrying the guy's wife and this and that. Gotcha. But Bobo, I don't know what his deal is other than he's a very skilled fighter. Because he beats the shit out of all three of them single-handedly. Nice. Puts them all in the hospital. Excellent. And so fast-forwarding a little bit, the sheriff suspends that deputy for doing what she did. Good. She's pissed off about it. So...
1: Sounds like she could use some anger management.
0: Yeah, she could. And so, well, doesn't matter. So eventually... By the end of the episode, Bobo's been cleared because Manfred did what he said he would do. He found the evidence. They were able to get the evidence to the police. The police found out what happened. And they found evidence that the biker gang leader killed killed her. So Good. they released him from jail. In the interim, what's going on is now that deputy sheriff goes, she unlocks, she breaks, she cuts the padlock on the church because she knows something's going on in there. So she's going to go check it out. So she cuts the padlock, goes down in there and sure as shit, we see that it's there's the were-tiger and she's killed by the were-tiger. No big loss. Manfred finds her because he did – because well, the tiger did what a tiger does, dragged his kill up into a tree. <laughs> so she's hanging from the tree dripping blood on the ground and he, he sees the tiger. And uh, – well, he sees her and then he sees the tiger and then the tiger chases him down.
1: Tell me the preacher's name is Tony.
0: I don't know. Because <laughs> that would just
1: be great. It's Father a, Tony. It's Emilio. Oh. He's Spanish.
0: I know. So, um, essentially, the hit woman and the vampire now are trying to find the tiger, and he she loads up with silver bullets in her guns. And so okay. she's had him because her job every month is to make sure he doesn't get out. She I thought was, she was a hitman. Yeah, but she's. But her been job there a while. is Tiger Center too. Well, they work together. Okay. We don't know how she got there. We don't know. We just know this is who she is. Okay. And that they all have a relationship where they work together. Gotcha. See what I mean? All right. So, um, yeah. So Olivia sets out to kill the. Well, she's going to kill him. Yep. But. Lem begs her not to, the vampire. And essentially, we learned in the first episode that if he puts hands on someone, he can draw their their energy and feed on that in place of blood sometimes. Yeah. So it's yeah. a little twist on the story. Yep. So he eventually is able to get his hands on the tiger. I know tiger. some people like that. <laughs> and drains the energy of the tiger down to the point where they can then get him secured. Gotcha. Makes you think they
1: should do that every month.
0: Right. Well... I think it takes a lot out of the tiger, takes a lot out of Lem. maybe, I don't know. Gotcha. But essentially, he goes back to being a human, wakes up, he feels bad about what he did, but obviously there's nothing he can do about it, so he's going to live with it. And um, the main thing we see in the story, though, is that there is, in Manfred's house, where Fiji has done the exorcism, she's expelled all the demons, or all the ghosts from the house, except this one demon thing, that has now grabbed her and pulled her in. Uh-huh. And so he so Manfred goes and takes the skull of one of his ancestors that he has with him because he's a long line of gypsies. And his grandma says, you know, you oh you're gonna take your, you're gonna get your great great grandmother involved in this or whatever it is. <laughs> so he takes her skull in and he's he's reciting a spell and for all intents and purposes, it appears as though he's freed Fiji from the clutches of this demon. The skull shatters to ashes and goes away. Okay. And But we learn later that he, he didn't. The demon is inside of her. No, but it's now followed her to her house. Oh, okay. Type of thing. You know, because the the last thing we kinda hear is the demon voice going like Fiji or whatever. And then we cut to the angel who has painted this mural and basically he's kinda painted a few things that have happened. But the main one is the picture of the demon reaching up. Mm-hmm. from underground to grab someone. And it's the same thing we saw in this reflection of a mirror when the demon had a hold of Fiji. Uh. And so he's predicting, like, you know, and essentially there's, like, a, a urban legend, whatever it is, whatever, whatever an angel urban legend is, is that the, someone's going to come along who has visions that can help stop this. Of course, they're talking about Manfred. Gotcha. So I don't know. I liked it. A lot happened in the episode, not mm-hmm. as much as the first, but I liked him a lot. I'm going to keep watching it.
1: Cool. Yeah, I'll probably go set it for a series recording. I just legitimately had forgotten
0: about it. Yeah, over. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep watching it. Cool. So. Did you
1: watch uh, Dark Matter this week?
0: I, I did watch Dark Matter.
1: I, I did. Good God. Like, and I hate to say this because I'm still watching and I still enjoy the show, yeah. but it seems like every week that we do this podcast, I'm saying, wow, they really jumped the shark this week. And then the next week, it's like, wow! this time they jumped two sharks. Don't you think they really jumped the shark again? Holy crap. I mean, we find out that that the place that the android and all androids in the universe were built is on this one planet, and that their creator was a woman who looks exactly like the android. Dr. Shaw. Dr. Shaw. And she basically was... She created the next... Stage of evolution from android, which was Portia or yeah, two. Rebecca, two two whatever she's going. So by the reason
0: why sex. she has those powerful nanites is that she's actually an android.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, she's a superior race of androids.
1: Yes, who fell in love with Doctor Shaw and they had a relationship. Yeah, and then Doctor Shaw got very sick, so they suspended her in animation and. Rebecca, Portia, Number Two, whatever you want to call her, Number Two, um, didn't. That's a scrub's joke for those of you who don't get it. Um, so Rebecca wouldn't like get over it, and so one of the other androids there built an android that looked just like Doctor Shaw.
0: Well, Doctor Shaw built that android. Had built the android to put her consciousness in the body.
1: I didn't think she did. I thought somebody else did, because he said, I no. wanted to ease your suffering,
0: so... Well, she's she said that I couldn't do it in the end. Oh, okay. okay. She couldn't do it in the end. She just went into hibernation instead, well, I but... let to try the other
1: end. Yeah. <laughs> but
0: that's why then he gave, number two, the lookalike android, whatever to have Who was just a base, level three... Base sermon. model. It's a base yeah. model.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so... Now, it's all coming down to, you know, like, well, what's the right thing to do? and What about free will? And, you know, what do we do with these androids? And, oh, and by the way, hey, we can make any android you want. So, we can make an android that looks just like Three's dead wife whose consciousness is in the computer's ship. And, you know, we can make an android that looks just like her and then download the consciousness into that so she could have a body again.
0: Yeah, but of course, when they oh, – Of course. Move, of course, uh, when Sarah is then brought over to the ship – they are attacked and they're not done so the crew and the Raza have to leave and they can't take Sarah with her with them because she's not done yet only Dr. Shaw and her henchmen can take them and um, yeah so that's what happens there so of course she's got a body now she's real but they're separated right.
1: And and there's something sinister going on because we learned that the androids were actually rebelling and they were killing people.
0: Yes, Victor, who is the one that introduced um, Android with saying, oh, if you have this upgrade, you can be special, essentially um, says that they're being framed for murder, but when in fact he did murder the person.
1: Yep, straight up murderized him.
0: Straight up rotated his head around looking backwards.
1: So it was a 41-minute episode, and it felt like it would never end. Yeah, like it wasn't bad. I still enjoy the show, but it just dragged on. So,
0: it just it's just not that. I don't know.
1: They they're really going way off script. It this has
0: thing. potential to be exceptionally good. It's just not living up to the potential.
1: No, because they keep coming up with these weirder and weirder stories. Yeah, and I don't know. I just uh, hopefully there's some continuity. And I'll throw out there just since we're on the same night in the same network. Killjoys once again love the show. It was another great episode they're they're fighting against uh, the the Holland and yeah again, if you're not watching this show, kudos to the people who found it and who have started watching it. you know I'm glad you guys are enjoying it it's
0: it's just it's a great show. It's a great sci-fi show. I did enjoy the first episode. I have full intentions of trying to catch up to watch more Excellent. Well, if it's going to happen anytime soon, <laughs> and the new fall season is going to start before you know it. Holy crap. Yeah,
1: there are some places like down south where kids are already back in school. That's just crazy. You ever get those random flavors in your mouth where suddenly you're just sitting there and you haven't eaten? Like right now, I could just taste a BLT. Oh,
0: like, man, I'd love
1: to taste a BLT I want a now. BLT with mayo, thick oh. slices of tomato. So really good. Oh.
0: I love bacon sandwiches.
1: I don't know why it just popped up. I haven't had one of those in forever, like months and months and months.
0: South Monmouth Market and yeah. Monmouth, because there is no such thing as South right. Monmouth. But anyway, like there's make, no such thing as South Garden. Correct. It's a local area landmass. Local colloquialism. Known as, yep. Whatever. They have the best bacon sandwiches. Interesting. I don't. know. They just they use real bacon. They cook it themselves. I mean, it's they, they're they don't they're not shy putting on the sandwich. Oh yeah, it's good. I just had one the other day.
1: <sighs> this ad break for South Monmouth Market was brought to you by South Monmouth Market. Like people
0: liking bacon sandwiches. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I plan on trying to catch up on Killjoys. Excellent. Yeah. I think you'll really enjoy it. It's just it's weird when you we got one of the Ashmore brothers in there, and it's not the good one. <laughs> hey, he's still really good in this. Like, I, I
1: really enjoy him in this. I know he's not his brother. Kind of. kind of, he kind of is his brother. I mean, they sense. look similar, they
0: sound similar. Yep, they are twins, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah.
1: yeah. aren't they twins? Yeah, I think
0: yeah, they're, they're twins. twins.
1: Yeah, they're identical twins. Yeah, but one's more handsome. <laughs> one's, one's more rugged <laughs> than handsome. Mom liked one more. Anyways, Hooten and the Lady, Hooten and the Lady. Did this you show, watch continue- this this show continues to surprise me at how it can be so. Dumb yet so enjoyable. Uh, not really dumb as in stupid, but dumb as in like, this is so
0: popcorn, cookie cutter, ridiculous. They're going to Bataan in the Himalayans to find a scroll that allegedly Buddha himself wrote on.
1: Yes, And there's the, of course,
0: of course,
1: there's the one little old woman who lives in the village that, you know, has been there since time began and knows everything, but doesn't really talk to anybody. But then, you know, when she gets hooting alone, she's like, you're going to help me. And she gives him some tea and (gasps) –
0: it's poison. Yeah, because apparently in their tradition, they poison people who want them to who they want to help them to make them help them. Yeah, so they basically blackmail <laughs> to helping them, and then they'll give them the antidote.
1: It's a very mistrustful society. Yeah. So this whole episode, and, and then she puts herself into like a coma. Yeah, like so that she can't be forced to give up the antidote.
0: Yeah. So this whole episode is essentially him dying. <laughs> well, Alex trying to save his uh, the lady trying to save him, find some find the cure to save him, and so basically because we. We start
1: off the episode with him down somewhere tropical. He owes someone 50 grand. Yeah. And and so the guy says, oh, uh, you know, he gets a call from Alex at the last second as the firing squad is about to shoot him. And he's like, oh, wait, this is a priceless thing. If I get that, I could pay you back and then some. So he sends a thug. To watch over. But
0: he doesn't just send any thug. He sends, like, a seven-foot-tall guy thug. You know
1: who he yeah. reminded me of was the, uh what were they? The Abobo Brothers on Double Dragon. Oh, gosh, yes. The big, bald, like, Karnak-looking yes. guys. Oh, my God, They're definitely, <laughs>
0: yes. And, and uh, he was just as dumb, too. <sighs> but ultimately, of course, you know, in the end... They they go through a bunch of traps. They go through a
1: precarious wooden bridge over a chasm that has no purpose being there. None whatsoever,
0: other than just to cause high tension.
1: Yeah, and over the years, the snow collection on that would have caused more of it to collapse. Yeah, it would have. The ropes would have deteriorated. I mean, come on.
0: But basically, the long and the short of it is. They find the scroll, and then the bad guy thinks he's... Wait, how
1: did they find the scroll?
0: By what, accident,
1: what was the one thing that they needed to have that the guy before them didn't have? They needed oh. to have
0: a second person because yeah, second love person. is the most powerful force in the universe. Because apparently, they both had to kick break open something at the same time. <laughs> yes,
1: but it's love. You can't get through life and get what you want unless you have somebody else. That was the lesson the boy was trying you, to give
0: us. But you couldn't like one person. You couldn't have one person who he kicks the hole in the one side but throws a rock at the other. No, no, because it's love. Oh, okay, all right. It's love. Yes, because oh. Alex, sorry, the lady. Because who and the lady going to, they're going to end up together. I know she's there to get married. We even met her boy or fiance again this episode. Yep. But she quickly ran off. seems like people. a nice guy. Seems like a nice guy who's getting strung along quite a bit, yep. incidentally.
1: Yep, because people only want what they can't have. Exactly. And she's got this guy, and she's like, well, "I don't want you, but I want this, this dashing rogue who goes on adventures and, and takes me to death-defying places, and,
0: and who I pretend to not be able to stand."
1: Yes, but I really do love him.
0: Mm, special. It's still so anyways, fun. It, it's a fun. Show. The thug, the thug gets away. The, 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 the thug that gets sent along with Hooton thinks he's stolen the, uh, the the scroll and tries to flee and ends up falling to his death. Right? Yeah, yep. and so Hooten, of course makes it uh, makes it like oh he gave him the money. I don't know why he didn't return to you. Yeah, he must have taken and run off with the money. And so the guy just easily believed him. Yeah. Oh, and now let's not forget that uh, Al, the ladies'
1: uh, oh, team
0: back in Britain or whatever it is. Yeah. Are trying to figure out a way a cure for Hooton's uh, ailment there. Based on his symptoms Based and how they're developing. Based on develop. his symptoms and how they're developing, yeah. And by doing all that, she is able to uh, to save him.
1: With uh, Belladonna, was it? Belladonna. Yeah, another type of poison yeah. that, you know, counteracts this poison. Because two wrongs make a right, apparently. But uh,
0: anyways, they're all, uh, they they found something, uh, they found the scroll this time. They actually kept kept their hands on it. Yeah. And ended up giving it to some local. Yeah. Anyhow, it was a good episode, though. Yeah. It's a fun show. It is a it's fun show. It's just a show. fun, enjoyable, it is. simple little show.
1: It's, it's a very Of Course show, which I still hold we're going to have to start up a podcast that's called Of Course. Of Course. Um, but yeah. Which I believe brings us to Blood Drive.
0: Um. Yeah. Okay, so this was called A Fistful of Blood. So this was basically like a Western fistful of dollars, if you will. <laughs> yep. um, Arthur. And uh great is Grace, right? Yeah. yeah. They end up in um, they end up in a wasteland town where they get pulled up by the police. And Arthur tries to use the fact that he's also the police officer, but that doesn't matter because he's not a real police officer. No, he's contra crime, exactly.
1: So. And most police officers don't like them because they're a bunch of thugs that you know collect teeth
0: and try to make quotas. Which, which, you know, to even Arthur admitted that's basically what they are. Yeah. 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 But essentially the long and short is this. The sheriff gives them a song and dance of, Oh, poor me, poor my town, we need help. So they go to help. You help us and I'll
1: I'll let you pass through the one road that leads to where you're going.
0: Exactly. So they of course get out there and there's no electricity in this town. And they've told us there's no electricity because why?
1: Because people are siphoning it off. Yeah. The the Wrap scallions on the outskirts.
0: They're stealing electricity. Yep. However, but there is still a uh, a dampener. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, an a EMP field. field, and so when they walk through. Into town, the vehicle won't work anymore, so they don't take the car in there. No electronics will work. Oh, and apparently their bombs in their neck won't work anymore now either.
1: Not only that, but as soon as it's like, oh, there's an EMP field, the bombs
0: don't work in our necks, they just rip them right out. Oh, yeah, they don't hesitate to cut those bad boys right (laughs) out.
1: the, The girl that helps them even says, you know, wow, these were wedged right up against your spinal cord.
0: Yep. might be kind of dangerous. You'd think they would be a little bit more intricateness yeah. to getting those out of there, but no, so they don't have their bombs in their neck anymore. Yep. Oh, and Slink shows up. Yes. I really liked about this episode that it was
1: one of those tell the story from his point of view, tell the story from her point yes. of view. So we got to see what Arthur was doing, we got yes. to see what Grace was doing, and how they intersected. Um, if you've seen TV before, you know what I'm talking about, where basically you know, Arthur goes off, does his thing, uh, shows up at the bar and tells Grace, hey, I need your help, and then leaves. And she's like, yeah, go bite me. Um, and then we go back in time and we see while he was doing his thing, this is what she was doing with yeah. Slink.
0: So essentially Arthur helps the sheriff and he finds out that the sheriff is actually the bad guy in the group, not the people yeah. that go and you know, capture all and they're going to execute him. And, they were and,
1: just innocent settlers.
0: Yeah. And uh so then he tries to get Grace to help him, but she won't because she's too busy with slank because he showed up to drink and fight. Yeah. Or he was gonna kill her, maybe. It, I, I didn't quite I get really know. I really don't know. Well I mean but they basically just they they drunk got drunk and got into a fist fight. Yeah, a big fist fight. A giant and then But he basically the, told her that he can't be killed. Yes. Yeah. I mean he even would set him on fire. Yeah. Which was funny when he's the sitting wolf, there. For, oh this like, is my my hat. Hat. yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. Arthur is about to be hung, and she saves him.
1: Yeah, with a really well-placed knife thrown across, you know, 600 jumping out a window. Yeah. Jumping through a window. But it's blood drive, so of course this stuff is believable. Um, It's fantastic. It it is fantastic. So we also have a little romance going on between the scholar, you know, that wazily little guy who can fix anything, and... The woman that is the mechanic in town, and they yep. both have a lot in common, and so yep. they kind of fall for each other because they're both weird freaks. And she has a car that was one of only sixteen production models, and it's a
0: nuclear car, and it gets a yep. million miles to the charge.
1: Yes, and, and it only needs one charge because you can get, you get a million a million, miles. million miles out of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And like Grace says, well, why don't you sell it? Wouldn't that be worth a lot of money? And she's like, well, you don't sell something priceless.
1: Yep. And that, of course, makes the scholar like fall in love with her more. Exactly. And then we also have another love story going on. We do. Between um, Black Cop and Aki.
0: Oh, Christopher and Aki.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and it even develops to the point where she loves him.
0: Yeah, because we find out that since Arthur and Chris have been gone, the police department's fallen right to shit. Yeah. And he goes looking for it and when uh, he uncovers his eye finally and she sees where she is and sees that he's in trouble, she comes a-running. it. Yep. And we also find out he has some sort of defense mechanism in his eye. Oh, God, that was weird. <laughs> he lasered some guy in the head who then falls down. And all I can think of is that his brain was boiling or something. Oh, well, that's the thing. is, I thought it was a laser, too. The blood too. just kept shooting out. Like, and he was, like, seizing. And the blood looked like it was boiling over, coming out of the hole in his But I rewound it, and I watched it again. And it wasn't a laser.
1: It was like a giant nail shot straight out and into the guy's head and then came back. Oh, okay. It was like a spike. It went... Whoom, and it sucked back into his head. And that's even weirder. Yeah, because it punched through his forehead sense. and through the back. And then it was just, like you said, it was spurting everywhere. Oh, yeah, there was blood everywhere. And then Aki shows
0: up and kills everyone.
1: Yeah, because she was protecting her man. And then she says that it's because she loved him, and her
0: eyes went normal. Like they looked yeah. human. Yeah, than- she, yeah, she's not becoming human. Because yeah. if you look, like, ever since they've said, oh, by the way, this is an android, mm-hmm. her mannerisms have been extremely over oh, I think we've mentioned it a few yeah, times. Even, like, how- t- today, what really stood out in this episode is when she's walking towards him in the police station, and it's her hips. Yes. Her, hi- her hips were sash- 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 sashaying and swaying excessively. Mm-hmm. really high back and forth. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Kudos to the actors for having that kind of range of motion. Pretty much, yeah. But wow, it's
0: it's disturbing to watch. It's very over exaggerated. Yep. Yeah. But anyhow But anyhow. So um the sheriff and his henchmen are killed, the good guys come back into town. The scholars gonna stay in town. Slink takes off, I guess. Yeah. And Arthur and Grace continue on. Yep. Down the road. And that's the episode. Yeah. Love this show. I love this I show. I really do enjoy this show. And I like how each episode is sort of like an homage, if you will, to a, uh, a genre. Yeah. A genre, a grindhouse genre flick. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's all the shows I've watched. All
1: right. I got a few more to talk about. Go ahead. Um, for starters, I watched a new show this week. What'd you watch? It's on TBS, and it's called The Guest Book. And... It's an anthology show. Oh. Well, like, each episode's different? Each episode's different, but they all take place in the same cabin. It's a comedy. And, like, the first two episodes aired back-to-back. And the first episode, as it ends, the second episode is beginning. So the people who rented the cabin in the first episode are driving away. And the people who are renting it in the second episode are driving up. Okay. And it takes place in this one cabin, Frog Cabin. And, uh... Like the, uh, I want you to watch this. I think that you would like this. It's a it's a comedy, but it's a good kind of comedy. It's not a slapsticky or a ridiculous comedy. And like the first episode is a married couple. It's Danny Pooty and Lauren Lapkus. Nice. And it's the, called the guest book. The guest book. And the the people that own it that own the Frog Cabin. I know I recognize the guy. I just can't think of where. But his wife is Laverne from Scrubs. Oh, okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, it's funny because like the first episode, those two are a married couple and she's the abusive wife. Not abusive as in like punching, but I- I'm just going to say she's your ex-wife. <laughs> you know? So she's like, honey, why did you not pack my, de- my humidifier? You need to go to Bed Bath and & Beyond and get me this specific model and bring it here immediately. And... She's very abrasive that way. So, and then the second episode is a couple who who, uh, has been married for many years, and they're going up there with their son and his new girlfriend. But they are all very devout Christians, and she's an atheist. So they've concocted this plan to baptize her in her sleep. (laughs) But by injecting her with a sedative... Oh but but then like it starts growing like the the site gets infected because they put her in a hot tub. And so it starts growing and growing and she ends up in the hospital. <laughs> okay. okay. It's it's a very good show. But like I said, as these people are pulling up, Danny Pudi and Lauren Lapkus are pulling away. So nice. and um okay, here's two more ways to sell it for you. Garrett Delahunt nice. is the next-door neighbor who kind of like pops in and out here and there. And two, it's by the same guy who brought us Raising Hope and My Name is Earl. Oh. Yeah. Oh,
0: Greg oh Garcia. Greg Garcia. Okay, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So it I, I You just gotta say it. it's a Greg Garcia, because <laughs> I like My Name is Earl. And I really liked Raising, Raising Hope. Hope. Yep. And
1: Crabman is in it and he's the delivery guy.
0: Oh that's funny. Yep. Uh,
1: so yeah, definitely check out the guest book.
0: Okay. I it's will. Awesome.
1: Um, The other one that I wanted to talk about briefly was uh, Rick and Morty. I forgot to talk about it last week, but it's back. And we've had two episodes so far this season. you got to, like, I can't describe the show that well. Yeah, It's dysfunctional. The most recent episode, Rick turned himself into a pickle. He was a talking pickle, but he didn't have arms or legs. And he did it just so that he wouldn't have to go to family therapy because it was family therapy day, and he turned himself into a pickle so that he wouldn't have to. And then he ended up getting attacked by a cat, because we've all seen the YouTube videos, and cats ate pickles and cucumbers because they They, think they're snakes.
0: Oh, is that that what it is? They think they're snakes? That's what
1: Rick said. Okay. And so he got knocked out in the driveway, and he was going to get dehydrated because he was in the sun, and then it started raining, and he got washed down in the sewers. And it's because this show is so... Unbelievable. This was believable. But he managed to kill a cockroach with his mouth and then use his tongue to trigger different parts of its brain to make it move. And then we flash forward a little bit, and he has created himself an exoskeleton out of rat parts and cockroach parts, and he is controlling it with his mind. And he ends up in a foreign dignitary's office, and kills many members of the security team as a pickle with an exoskeleton made out of rat and cockroach parts. He creates a shoulder-mounted laser that runs on AA batteries, and they have a prisoner tied up in there that they unleash upon him whose name is simply The Jaguar, voiced by Danny Trejo. And, uh, it, it was just fucking insane, and it was beautiful. I love this it, show.
0: It does seem a bit on the it, nutsoid it, sounding things. One of the
1: latest things on Adult Swim is that they say that it is the dumbest, smartest show you'll ever watch. It, the science is amazing, and
0: Fair enough. it's just there. You go right there. The guest book, Thursday's season ten.
1: Yep. So yeah, Rick and Morty love the show. Uh, now here's here's our education time.
0: Is this an Adam Ruins? This is an Adam Ruins. Is that your last show? That is my last show. Okay, cool.
1: And then the movies and the trailers. but um, So this week I was very interested because Adam ruined dating. And
0: I think that he should because I think dating is stupid. But anyway. so I've never been on a blind date. Um, neither have I. That's the only thing I actually think I, when when I got divorced, I think I would have enjoyed going on a blind date. I don't know that I would have, because I've had a number
1: of friends... Just
0: to experience it.
1: Yeah. I, I've had a number of friends who have said, oh, you've got to meet my friend blank. They're so much like you. And it's it's always been less than... It, it hasn't been terrible, but it's never turned out right. I'll put it that way. Okay. So I, I think that a blind date would fall into the same kind of category. You know, just... In this case, I'm able to chat with them first and get to know them. But anyway, so we started off with, um, he met a girl in a restaurant and they were talking about the dating sites. And specifically, he ripped on eHarmony. And he actually said at one point, like he looked at the camera and he said, you know, full disclosure, the company that owns this network is also part owner of Match.com and OkCupid. Okay, so... At least he was, you know, giving us that. But they ripped on eHarmony pretty bad. Um, basically said that the founder of eHarmony, you know, the old guy who gets on the commercials, and he's like, you know, oh, I've put together this scientific yep. method, blah, blah, blah. Um, so he worked as a marriage counselor and a self-help author. He is not a scientist. He has never written any scientific articles. Nothing in any peer, peer-reviewed peer uh publication has ever had his name on. So he's not a scientist. Um, Mm -hmm. They talk about their algorithm. Mm -hmm. It has never been peer-reviewed by any scientist because they keep it a secret and they will not allow anybody to look at what their algorithm is so nobody can actually review it. So there's no way to tell if it's scientific or not. Um. (laughs) The girl was quoting how they say, you know, we've, we're responsible for the most marriages, the most successful marriages, the most happy relationships. And he's like, yeah, and the Better Business Bureau has told them over and over again to stop saying that because it's misleading. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, he, he also, like, you know, he said that they own Match and OKCupid are their, you know, sister companies. But he said that... uh, the founder of OKCupid okay has actually written on the OKCupid okay blog to say, we have no idea what we're doing, and nobody else does either.
0: I will say this about OKCupid, okay though. Yep. I met my wife yep. on OKCupid. Okay yeah. And my sister-in-law met her husband on OKCupid. Okay yep. Everybody's got stories fun. like that. Yeah.
1: And, and
0: that's great for those who work it out. However, I will say this. I did meet a lot of crazy people. <laughs> yes. On OKCupid. Okay um
1: A major scientific study has shown that there is no proof that matches on dating sites are any better than just matching people at random. Um, Because basically, the algorithms that they have, there are only two things that they can match you on. And that is uh, similar interests and, what was the other one? And personality. And they said that that has absolutely no guarantee that you're going to have a romantic match with that person. Right. And I've said that for years when I talk to people who are, like, on dating sites or they're talking to me about dating and stuff like that. You and I, Mike, yes. have many similar interests. Correct. We also have very similar personalities. Correct.
0: I don't want to have sex with you. I don't either, John. I don't want to be in a relationship with you. No. We're, 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 I like our friendship. We have a very good Kind of married friendship? Yeah. And that's
1: that's what we draw the line. I have a handful of friends, as I'm sure you do, who have similar interests to me. Correct. Similar personalities. Correct. Doesn't mean that we are meant to be romantically attached to each other. Correct. But those are the only things that these algorithms on dating sites can actually predict when they say you're an 86% match, is things that you look for in friends. Right. Not necessarily things that you're going to look for in a romantic partner. Right. So, it,
0: and again... He said it. I was like, I've been saying this for years, but it was nice to hear somebody else saying it. So, you really liked that this week on Adam Ruins Everything. Basically, Adam verified John's theories on life. I, I felt justified on <laughs> a lot of it. Um,
1: but yeah, he said at the end of the day, and this is very true at the end of the day, it's not your personality types and stuff like that, it's the type of person that you are and what you're willing to do. You know, he said that it's about how someone treats you, how they make you feel. And that's what it is. Yeah, you know? no, that's a valid... You can have somebody that you're in a relationship with that you have no similar interest, but they make you feel good. And at the end of the day, you really like being around them. That's what's important.
0: Nope, that's... I. Yes, I would agree with that statement. Yep.
1: Uh, he, she was like, well, so dating sites are useless. He's like, basically, dating sites are good for helping you locate other people who want to date. That's what it boils down to. You're finding that they're, like you said crazy people as well, but you're going to find a lot of people who want to go on dates. That's the long and the short of it. No, you're right. Uh, The next topic that they covered was alpha males. This was very interesting. So the original alpha wolf term was coined by a a scientist who was doing research at a wildlife habitat. And he witnessed wolves and said, look, there's one wolf that leads the rest of them around. And, And Makes them do stuff. And this was in the 70s. This isn't even that long ago. This was in the 70s. So he published a book about alpha wolves, and everybody took off and they were like, oh, alpha wolves. People must have alphas. There must be alpha men. You know, these are the confident, strong type who go into the bars and they're like. And the same scientist 20 years later went out into the wild and found wolves and was unable to replicate it because you know what they were? They were parents. The, the alphas that he saw were oh, parent wolves, okay. and they were leading their children around and teaching them life. And so he actually tried to get people to stop. He, got, he tried to get his books taken off the shelves. He tried to get people to stop talking about alpha wolves and alpha men and said, it doesn't exist. We can't replicate it. This is a falsity. And people were like, nope, we like it too much. So they still stuck with it. And to this day, they talk about alpha males and beta males and... It's not a thing. It doesn't exist. Plus, they were trying to compare human uh, personality traits to animal personality traits, and you just can't do that.
0: Um, No, you can't.
1: It's like those people who say, you know, penguins mate for life. If you look at the animal kingdom as a whole, about 2% of the animal kingdom mates for life. Everything else in the animal kingdom is... Not monogamous. They go out there and they screw whatever they can in order to perpetuate the species. They don't make for life. Their so, drive is to reproduce. Yeah. So when people go, you know, well, oh, penguins make for life. All oh, these birds make for life. Well, that's great. But you know what? Most animals don't. You know, have you ever seen a lion who's like, yeah, this will be my one woman for the rest of my life? Nope. He's got like seven of them. So yeah. Um So then they try to say, well, you know, chimps chimpanzees are the the closest thing to us. And, you know, they've got alpha chimps. They're not. Bonobos are actually closer to us than chimps are. And in bonobo society, it's matriarchal, not patriarchal. So... The, the the highest ranking females are the ones in charge, not the alpha males. Oh. And even with the chimp societies, they said that the ones who are alphas are usually aggressive and they pick on the other ones. The ones who tend to lead the crowds are the ones who do lots of favors or they incessantly clean the other monkeys. So, really debunked the whole alpha thing, and, and that was kind of nice to see. Um, he also said, you know, unlike animals, people aren't the same rank in different Cultural societies. So he was saying, you know, the guy who comes into the bar and he's like, "Oh yeah, sports this and I'm awesome," and you know, he he's the quote unquote typical alpha guy. Yeah. You put him at d and D table, and he's a fucking loser. Yep. You know. Yeah. Everyone else is like, "Dude, you're a mage. Why are you trying to use a sword?" So I, I really like that part. That was funny. Um, Did he give that exact example? Honestly, that's awesome. He had them sitting down, and they were like, "Excuse me, you're a magic user. Do You see a sword on
0: your character sheet? (laughs) Hello!"
1: (laughs) So that was good as well. The last thing that he tackled, this was really interesting, the Myers Briggs personality test. Okay, you know what that one is? Uh, That's the one where you're like an INTP or an EN. Oh yes, yeah, or whatever. So sixteen different personality types. So here's the basis for the Myers Briggs personality test. Now understand the Myers Briggs personality test is so ingrained in the culture that
0: they're kind of like the BMI, the body mass index. Yes. Thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What were the numbers? Hold on. He gives like some specific numbers. Uh, there are. Okay, it has been used in hiring and training decisions in over ten thousand companies. 2,500 colleges and 200 government agencies, including the State Department and the CIA. Okay, it is a personality test, and it was so. Back in the 20s, Carl Jung said, "Oh, I think that everybody can be broken down into like eight different personalities." Back tests. almost a hundred years ago. Yes. Yeah, Carl Jung, before science, uh, before psychology actually had scientific tests and did the scientific (laughs) method, he was like, I think everybody can be broken down into eight different personality types. Yeah, that sounds about right. And so, what was it, 20 years later? Yeah, 1944. A mystery novel writer woman and her magazine writer mother said, you know what? One of them had read a book by Carl Jung and said, you know what? We can make up our own personalities, but let's do 16 instead of eight. And they made the Myers-Briggs personality test because they were Myers and Briggs. 1944, two women sitting at home writing stuff, articles for magazines and, and novels.
0: Let's not update that at all.
1: Yeah. And they said, oh, we know what we're doing. We can do this. And, and, and it would have been just as bad if it was men. I'm not picking on women, but right, I'm saying... Right. But you're just saying two people. Two people. A magazine article writer and a mystery novel writer back during world, the, the Second World War, First World War, whatever. WW2. Yeah. And they were like, ow, oh, let's make this. And it took off. And people use this constantly to describe who they are oh i'm an intp so i don't get along with you and like i said ten thousand different companies out there use this for job placement guidance counselors at schools will say this is your personality type based on the test you should be a janitor or you should be a mailman
0: yeah that's
1: it's ridiculous because the other thing is that everything comes down to one or two things so like the first one you're either an introvert or an extrovert but they don't take into account that you might be like a 49 in the introvert and no a 51 in the extrovert. Yeah. The the expert that they were talking to said that people will take this test like three different times come up with three different answers. It's basically the same thing as astrological signs. People will believe a vague description of a personality type as long as they're told that it is custom fit to them in some way. So then they start thinking, oh, this is definitely me. It's me. It,
0: it describes Yeah, it. you look for areas of how it fits you as opposed yep. to, you know, have actually showing that it fits you. You look for this is how it works. Absolutely, yeah. and I'll tell you, I've taken the test
1: and I looked at it, and I can say, yeah, that's me, that's me. But then I can look at other personality types on there and go, hey, I've got that too. I got a little bit of this one, and I got, I got that a one. Bit of that one. Yeah, but yeah, these show up on the dating sites, and I've seen it on OKCupid. I'll see people who will say, I am an ENTJ, so that should tell you everything that you need to know. If it doesn't, go to this website. You can read about it here. No pass. Yeah. So, That's yeah, uh, overall, it was a very good episode. Nice. Um, the, the test is completely shunned by the scientific community these days, but people still use it constantly. Over 2 million people a year take it and then use it for those life-altering things That's like job placement. Craziness. Yep. That's craziness. Yeah.
0: That's kind of craziness.
1: So, yeah, the, the basics is, you know, the takeaway at the end is find somebody who's going to make you happy. You know, and the more you go out there, and the more you date, and the more you try with people, and the more you fail, the more you can realize what you're looking for. So it's actually a good thing.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah.
1: Get out there and go on those crappy dates with those crazy people, and say not this, but this, and don't rely on an algorithm or a website to say, "Oh, you're a mess. You must be good together." <laughs> He said, when he was talking to the woman in the restaurant, he said, uh, let me guess, you like uh, parties, live music, and Mexican food? And she goes, yeah, I love all those things. And everybody in the restaurant goes, so do we. <laughs> and he's like, you're going to date them all? It's true. That's true. No, it's very true. Yeah. <sighs> Good times. Yeah. So what else did you have this week between movies and trailers and news Well and
0: <sighs> Oh,
1: you look so defeated.
0: No, no, no. Okay. Uh, my son and I, we ended up watching the movie together um, last night because my wife went to bed early, and my daughter spent the night out of friends, and my other son went to bed early. So we popped us up a, a couple bowls of corn, and we sat Is in. Is that why there was no corn tonight? That's why there was no corn tonight <laughs> for me to pop the wife, yes. Uh, and uh, we uh, we sat down and watched ourselves a little bit of The Last Starfighter action. Oh. Now what's that? Have you never seen The Last Starfighter, <laughs> John? Of course I've seen The Last Jesus. Okay. As much as I love
1: video games, holy God. Essentially, like every video game player's dream come true right there.
0: I'm pretty sure everyone who's listening to this has to know what The Last Starfighter is, but for those who don't, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version. movie was made in 1984, so the special effects are very 1984-ish. Oh, yeah. Which I think are amazing to go with the story. Yep. But essentially, this is it. You have this teenager, 17, 18-year-old kid. He's playing a stand-up video game, and he beats the game, gets the high score, and essentially what it is is these aliens sent these games down to the earth, have people play them, see whoever beats the game. Clearly they'd be great to be an actual starfighter in this real war going on in space. So they come down, pick him up, recruit him, bring him up. And essentially when he's in the starfighter ship fighting, he sees the same thing like he saw in the video, except now it's real life. Yep. And that that sums it up. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. He beat a video game, and it actually made him a real starfighter. Yep. Like I said, and, every video game nerd's dream. Yeah. movie's about an hour and 40 minutes long. The story itself is pretty simplistic. The, the special effects are pretty simplistic and amazing. Mm-hmm. That's a fun movie. I remember watching it when I was a kid. I had a great time watching it with my son last night. So. Did he like it? He did. Good. He did. He enjoyed it. Yes. Yes. He enjoyed it. So Dated graphics and all. Oh, dated <laughs> graphics and all. Yeah. And some of them made him chuckle because, like, he watches certain YouTube shows that have better special effects. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, these people Absolutely. on their home computers have, are able to pull out better special effects than... <laughs> But but that's what happens when thirty three years goes by, and and the most thing that is advancing the most in those thirty three years is the computer industry. Yes. Anyhow, but hey, speaking of uh, YouTube, YouTube, there's a new YouTube Red series apparently coming out soon. Have you heard about Cobra Kai? No. Are you fucking serious? I have not. Dude, they're doing a sequel to the Karate Kid. Seriously? (laughs) Yes. It's going to be a YouTube Red exclusive series. It's going to be called Cobra Kai, and it's official. It is official, yes. A 10 episode half hour. It's going to come out in 2018. It stars Johnny Lawrence. And yes, Zabka's playing Johnny no. Lawrence. In this. Yes,
1: dude, fucking Ralph Macchio's going to be in it. Did, did he take over the Cobra Kai Dojo? Is he the new
0: instructor? He's down on his luck. He seeks redemption by reopening the Cobra Kai Dojo. <laughs> Reigniting with rivalry with now successful Daniel LaRusso. Who's been struggling to maintain balance in his own life without the guidance of his mentor, Mister Miyagi? Who did? Who's dead? Yes. So yes, Johnny reopens the Cobra Kai dojo. Daniel Larusso's still there, and they're working together. Well, I, it says re- reignites the rivalry. Oh, okay. So I don't know if Daniel's got his own dojo going on, and now Johnny's reopened the Cobra Kai. But it's called – the series is called Cobra Kai. So you have to assume that he's yes. supposed to be the good guy. This and time. it takes place 30 years later and it's to me a YouTube Red right exclusive. I think they finally found a reason to make me spend money. I I have to say
1: I really hope that this is because of all the work that Zabka did on How I Met Your Mother in the final season.
0: Oh, God, I hope so.
1: And And how he – promoted so much that you know he was the good guy and that barney loved him and that you know he he loved the karate kid not ralph Macha. oh
0: that's beautiful now yeah. i want to see that isn't that pretty cool that's awesome i can't believe you hadn't heard about that one I I not. Sure. i've seen it on facebook a bunch oh wow see i don't go on facebook very often okay yeah it's yeah it's there it is <laughs> oh,
1: my God. Wow, Daniel is not age 12. Zabka looks great. Yeah, though.
0: he really does. But, you know, there they were both on How You Met Your Mother. Yep. That oh. last season. they had There's some good interaction between the two, <laughs> you know. But, yeah, so I am i don't know. William Zabka, Rough Macho coming back to the Karate Kid. So I think it's pretty awesome.
1: <laughs> I think it's pretty awesome. Oh, that's great. Love I love it. it, dude.
0: I thought for sure you had seen that. Nope. Nope. And then the only other thing I have is a trailer I watched called Super Dark Times. Okay. And this comes out in September. And the IMDb uh, rundown they have on it here I don't think is very good. And essentially it's basically teenagers Zach and Josh have been best friends their whole lives, but when a gruesome accident leads to a cover-up, the secret drives a wedge between them and propels them down their rabbit hole of escalating paranoia and violence. That pretty much sounds like a cookie-cutter description. Like, they could have inserted Yeah, it, inserted really, any yeah, it really does. So, I really think you need to go watch the trailer. And one of the things I picked up on the trailer is that, you know, it's it's a Stranger Things jump off. This movie takes place in the 80s. Okay. There's a lot of stereotypical 80s things that you see going on or whatever, talking about video games, this, that, whatever. It looks like a pretty solid flick, though.
1: Okay. Yeah. So it's I, called Super Dark Times? Super Dark Times. Nice. Yeah. I watched... Two movies this week.
0: Okay, what did you watch for movies? Nothing good. Is that the name of the movie, or is that just what you watched?
1: No, the first one that I watched, I was really excited about, and I know it's nothing you would want to see, I'm sure, but HBO premiered Collateral Beauty. The hell's that? I had been really excited. As soon as I start talking about it, you're going to go, oh yeah. So, uh, I had been really excited about this when it first the previews came out. Will Smith is the guy who lost his daughter, and he writes letters to Love, Death, and Time. Oh,
0: yes, I did see that trailer.
1: Yeah. How would you think of it? I I was so excited because I was like, "Oh, the abstracts of Love, Death, and Time are coming to talk to him, and they're going to, you know, set him on his path. Um, It was not what I expected. No. Um, Because basically, well, you find out really quickly, like, in the beginning, you see a quick cut of him, like, you know, talking to his people and being all excited. And then it's supposed to be like fast forward a few years and, you know, now he's lost his daughter and blah, blah, blah. Um, I was very disappointed at first because they're actors. Like his friends go out and hire these three struggling actors to play love, death, and time.
0: So he doesn't know they're actors. No. Oh, uh, it's fucking lame.
1: So so here's the thing. They had hired this. Private investigator, and she broke. She followed him, saw him mail the letters, broke into the post office box. Well, that's a federal offense. Right she there. says that. She says it cost me eight hundred dollars to get this key cut, and it's a federal offense what I did. But here's the letters. So it's a federal offense. Yep.
0: Don't mess with people's mailboxes.
1: That's right. So Especially the they take party. the letters, they look at them, and they're like, okay. So they hire these actors to go pretend to be. And Will Smith does not say a lot during this movie because he spends most of it crying or, or moping. But here's the thing, if you stick with it, and you go through the whole end of the movie, there's a lot more going on. There's there's people, like, each one of his friends that help hire these actors and actresses. Um, they're they jerks. Have, they're not friends, they're jerks. Yeah. Well, they each have their own thing going on, and so they kind of learn their own lessons as well. Um, but... By the end, it does have a good payoff. I'm not going to say a great payoff, but it has a good payoff, and it was worth the ride at the end. Um, So definitely, it's something to stick with. But, yeah, right in the beginning, I was kind of pissed off. I'm like, actors, come on! So I would recommend if you want a good, heartfelt, cuddle-up-with-the-wife-watch-a-girly-kind-of-flick type of thing, this one will be good. I'm not going to watch that movie It's on HBO, but, yeah. I'm not going to watch it ever. Okay. You're not missing much. Um, The other one that I watched was Valerian. Oh, how was that? And that's how I'm going to refer to it, because the official title is Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Well, you've already said too much. It's Valerian. It's based on a French graphic novel. I think some of the scenes, and my sister agreed with me, um were pulled directly from said graphic novel, including the janky dialogue. Uh, I also went with Kelly to see it, and Kelly straight up at the end said, well, that movie was fucking stupid. And I said, okay, well, I didn't hate it as much as you did, but I think she was ready to spit on the floor. Valerian is a very pretty movie. Yeah, The graphics and the images are very nice. The visuals are stunning. Uh, it's Luc Besson, you know, it's right, film. right. But the dialogue is so stilted. It has one of the worst romance stories I've ever seen. And most, like, there were giant chunks of the movie that just didn't need to be there. There was, like, a 20 to 30 minute chunk of the movie that did absolutely nothing to advance the plot. It didn't do anything to... Do character development, it was just visuals. And it was ridiculous visuals. It, it didn't, a lot of it didn't make sense. They would change the rules midway through. You know, they'd talk about, oh, in this sector of the space station is this, in this sector is this, in this sector is this. But then you watch him crash through all the walls and he's going through each one of these sections that they just named, even though one's in the north, one's in the south, one's in the east, one's in the west, but somehow he's covering all of them. It, it was not an enjoyable movie. It was not terrible. I did not hate this movie. I did not walk out of it like... Ah, rah, rah. But I will probably never watch it again. I have no need to watch it again. It felt like it would never end. I mean, by the end of it, I was like, holy God, I feel like I've lost part of my life. But again, it wasn't terrible. That's the weird part about it. So, Valerian, if you want a visually stunning movie turn the sound off and like listen to a podcast and watch the movie go on. That's about the best thing that I can give you for it. But if you're expecting plot and good romance and, and cohesive storylines, you're not going to find it here. It, it's very hard to follow and you don't want to follow it mostly. So yeah, those were my two movies. And okay. I, I watched a couple of trailers. What'd you got for trailers? Uh, one of them was A Wrinkle in Time. And oh, it was good. Um, did you read the book? I did not. but I remember reading when I was a kid. It, it looks really good, and it seems like it's a good time for it because, you know, it's got Chris Pine as the father who discovers, you know, whatever it is, wormholes or something. Some way to travel really far, really fast. You mean like traveling through A Wrinkle in Time? Yeah. <laughs> but it's got Chris Pine it's got Oprah Winfrey. Yeah, it's got um, Reese Witherspoon. Okay, uh, it looks good. It, it looks like it's going to be a fun movie. It's a Disney movie, which is weird. But um, and the other one that I really cared about was Death Wish.
0: Okay, so I watched that Death Wish trailer the end, Death Wish trailer the other day. Yeah, and I'm watching it, and I'm just like, Are they really remaking Death Wish. I mean, the, the the Charles Bronson like, yeah, you know, this is what brought Charles Bronson back to life for a new generation, Absolutely. on and on and on. And I'm watching the whole trailer. I'm like, yeah, the story seems pretty much very similar. Yeah, and then it pops up that Eli Roth is directing this, and I'm like, that's not horror. Yeah, so that's different. Okay, all right, and and I, then um, it does say like in the credits at the end of the trailer, it says based on the 1974 film Death Wish. Yep. I, I don't know about you,
1: but when I like, I was like, oh, I'll watch this. Oh yeah, yeah. this looks pretty good. Oh yeah. The moment I saw Eli Roth's name, it, like, knocked a few points back. And I'm like, now I don't know if I want to watch it. Yeah. Because I have not liked Eli Roth's
0: crap. For those who haven't seen Death Wish, basically it's a vigilante movie. A A guy's wife and daughter, or maybe just his wife in this one, or maybe just his daughter, but basically a guy's wife and daughter is raped and killed by people.
1: His wife was Elizabeth Shue. In this
0: one. I saw that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Willis is the uh, new star of this movie, incidentally. Yes. yes, But Charles Bronson was the star of the original one. And essentially, he goes to take justice in his own hands when it's not done as quick as means by the police. Right. The police are like, sorry, can't help you. So he just basically starts taking revenge on them, as a, but then he becomes a vigilante, helping all other kind of people mm-hmm. who have been wrongly Unjusted, or if you will, or whatever. Right. But in the original Death Wish, like, at the end of it, the police know it's him, but they basically let him walk. Yep. The police officer does. Um, I don't know if it'll happen in this one, but here's the thing. In Death Wish, you know, it was always that he was an older fellow. Yep. And Pierce Bronson's an older man, and so he was an older fellow who... Charles Bronson. Sorry, Wesley Pierce? Yeah. Okay, Charles Bronson. You know, I made a conscious effort to say <laughs> Charles earlier, too, because I knew this was going to happen. Yep. But Mr. Bronson was an older fellow when he made the movie, and that played into the character in the movie. Yeah, it was called Death Wish because basically he – He didn't care if he lived or died. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And he was an older guy, so he was like, you know, whatever. I've
0: done my time on this earth. Now, I, I know Bruce Willis has got to be in his 50s by now. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. But he looks the same, essentially. Maybe a couple more wrinkles, but visually, he looks the same that he's looked for the last, like, 20 years. He really does. So he doesn't seem like an older fellow to me in this movie. No, nope. You know what I mean? And, and I thought that helped a lot with the character in the original film, while you kind of got behind him. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see. This is not a go-to-the-theater movie for me, but this is, I'll probably check it out at some point. Yep, definitely.
1: Like a Netflix or an HBO kind of thing.
0: Precisely. Yeah. Precisely.
1: The uh, the only other thing that I have this week is one piece of news. Okay, what's that? Uh, Netflix has made its first purchase. They've okay. actually procured a, a thing. It's called Miller World. M I L L A R. And it's Mark Miller. Okay. Mark Miller wrote the Old Man Logan comics. Yeah. He wrote the Civil War comics. Yep. And he wrote Kingsman and Kickass comics. And Netflix just bought his production company, basically, and so they are going to be working on some movies,
0: TV shows, shorts, tie-ins, etc.
1: Yeah. all based around his works.
0: That's you know, funny. I think I was reading something last week or the week before, whatever, talking about how Netflix owed like was like twenty billion in debt or something. Twenty million, $20 million in debt or something yep. like that. And and it's like, oh, we shouldn't expect to see too much more Netflix original programming and blah <laughs> blah blah. And it's like, I don't see him stopping. I don't either. Because if ten bucks a month, they have two million subscribers. That's twenty million dollars in a month. In a month, yeah. Yeah. And I guess I think it's safe to say that they probably have at least two million subscribers. I bet. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, you can't count the leeches. No, but
1: I'm thrilled about this honestly because if they have access, like obviously they probably won't have access to Civil War, or they won't have access to Old Man Logan because those are Fox and you know right, right, but. The fact that they have like the works of Kingsman comics and Kickass. I mean, we haven't seen Kickass anything in forever.
0: Can you imagine a Kickass original Netflix series? Netflix nears one hundred million subscribers as of April two thousand seventeen. Yeah, <laughs> so they're printing money. And I actually just increased my Netflix recently to eleven ninety nine a month. I did as well uh, because I all well I, we've managed to get by with it, but now. We need it. We need the four screens, essentially, on the one account. Because, like... And the HD doesn't hurt, either. You know, that's not a big draw for me, to be honest. No. No, I mean, we grew up with uh, the age of the rabbit ears. Doesn't mean you have to do it now. Well, fair enough. I used to shit in a diaper. Doesn't mean I have to do it now. we probably will again someday. No! But anyway, so, uh, with the kids and everything else, it's just... There was just... We needed the... There's nights when the wife and I are trying to watch something downstairs. My daughter wants to watch something upstairs. My son wants to watch something upstairs. Lord knows they can't watch it together. right? So it's just seemed like, all right, I'll spend the extra two bucks a month so everyone can have Netflix. (laughs) Um, So, yeah.
1: For less than the cost of a cup of coffee per day, you two can
0: have four screens of Netflix. Hey, um, (laughs) I found a Twitter account recently online that I think is hilarious. It's the last Blockbuster store. Interesting. Apparently, there's one left standing, and they have a Twitter account, and it's hilarious. They post some <laughs> really crazy, funny things. I like, bet at this point um, they're like the the last ones at the party. You go know, like like uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of some of the ones I saw because it's one of those like uh, this on Facebook. This is O Panda thing, and you can follow them, and they, like you can vote on the best ones. So over the last couple of years, uh, they've had some good ones like. Uh, do you know how bad it hurts our feelings when you pull into the into the driveway just to take a picture with our sign and leave? <laughs> um, hey, if anyone wants to write anything, just just message me here. I'll run down and open the store. Uh, I mean, just all kinds of things like that. It's, That's awesome. You know, it's it, it, I guess it's pretty funny. They make fun of themselves. They make fun of people. They make fun. Yeah, but yeah, it's kind of hilarious. That is because I've talked about this with other people we've talked about it in the past. We've probably talked about it on the show at some point in the last 71 episodes. There's at
1: least a couple of viewers who are out there right
0: now rolling their eyes going, oh, here they go again. But, you know, going down on Friday night or Tuesday or whatever it is, trying to get a four-pack, spending the time looking for the movies, maybe jumping into the old gallery section, grabbing a pizza and heading home. That was, those are good times. was good times. It was exciting going to the video store as a kid to rent movies, you know? But, you know, renting the the four-pack, for me at least, it was kind of like
1: lining up nowadays, lining up four different windows with four different porns going on. Like, right, right. You know, you're not going to need it all. No. You're going to watch the first movie, eat the pizza, and be like, you're going to eat the pizza ten minutes into the first movie. Right. And you're going to get done, you're going to go, uh. I should just go drop these off now so I don't get late fees.
0: <laughs> but still, it's like, I don't know. There's a part of our life growing up that is gone. Yep. You know? Yep, absolutely. And that was, a, I mean, it's it wasn't even all that long ago. I mean, 10 years ago, that was still happening. Yeah. So, uh, No. it's not the, It's not the same going down to the red box, scrolling through the titles. <laughs> it's like, for instance, if I want to watch, say, Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. I can run it on a movie gallery and grab it off the shelf, run it for two bucks, you know, but now you can't find it anywhere. If I want to get it on Amazon, I think it's five bucks or something, you know,
1: this is true. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I don't know. Nostalgia it is, but there it is. Yeah. There it is. I think that's true. That's a show. Cool. Yeah. Uh, we're on Twitter. Uh, we're on Facebook. Uh, on the Facebook, it's at, what did you watch? I already posted some trailers. Of, that we talked about uh, on the Twitter, you twi-
1: sneaky bastard!
0: Uh, yeah, I am. I did it right here next to you on the Twitter. I'm at Superstar Mal, and I'm at the Quantum Geek G33K. The show is at What Did You Watch? And we'll uh, talk to you next week. Later, everybody.